How's it going, everyone? Chris from Locked On Avalanche here. A special episode for you guys today. We got a message from uh, Mike over at the Blue Note podcast, which is a St. Louis Blues podcast for the hockey writers. Uh, they sent us a message, asked us if we wanted to come on the show, talk some abs, what to expect for next year. Obviously talked a lot about last year and the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so we went on that show, had a good time, and we're going to present it to you guys now. Enjoy. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Blues fans, so we are going to take some time here this week, and we're going to discuss the Colorado Avalanche. We are joined with the guys here from Locked On Avalanche, Chris Maselli and Kyle Sullivan. Boys, how are we doing this evening? Uh, we're good. One day closer to camp. So uh, one day closer to camp, one day closer to September, one day closer to uh, football Actual season. <laughs> I mean, it's like the fall season is ahead of us. This is a good yep. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. come on, Chris. Don't yeah. rush through our days with a cup, man. Let's savor it. Just <laughs> I know. Bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that lasts for, you know, a full hockey season as well. You can't take that away until somebody else is crowned. So we're true. We can run with that for a little while, too. Yeah. 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 You know, that's <laughs> something we don't really want to, you know, we had our time. We had our time. That's all good. True. We, got our, true. we got our one. Yeah. So I'm good here with that. So um, just some some brief introductions here for you guys. Um, let's just tell the fans here a little bit here about you. Um, are you guys from the Colorado uh, area? Where did you guys really kind of get started? You know, just brief introductions here for, you know, for you guys. Uh, no, neither one of us live in Colorado, believe it or not. Um, I, I born and raised in, in the New York area um, okay. and uh, more upstate, more near like the Albany area. Um, and it for me, I, I've told this story many times on, on, on the Lockdown Avalanche show, but I was, I still am a Denver Broncos fan. I grew up a Denver Broncos fan. Thanks to John Elway and Tecmo Super Bowl when I was a kid. And I just, you know, that was my team when I played that game. So I became a Broncos fan and I always had, like my dad was a big Rangers fan, New York Rangers fan. And, um, so that was kind of like my team. And then when, Quebec moved to Denver and they became the Avalanche. I was like, well, I'm a Broncos fan um, and Avalanche is an awesome name. So uh, I might as well go with that. And then they win the cup in the first season. And then it's really easy to stay a fan after yes. uh, you've, you've newly anointed yourself as a, a fan of a team that just won the cup. So, and it's just, you, you, you know, just going through the years with them. It's for me, I just feel like it's meant to be They're They're just like, yeah, they're, I, I picked the right team. I should say. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's fair. I grew up in the hockey hotbed of <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love with the team around the same time Chris did. Like, I was around, like, seven years old. And you see those, like, Wah, Forsberg, and Sackick on TV. Yeah. Like, they're, like, superstars. So I fell in love with the team then. And I've had to follow the game the best I could through like the Super Nintendo version of NHL Stanley Cup and like the EA Sports video games. And I would stat track that way. 
and pay attention to every game I possibly could. And the 2001 Stanley Cup came around, and those were the two teams that I fell in love with, New Jersey and uh, Colorado. And that just sent my fandom into outer space. And I have followed the Avalanche closely ever since then. I went through like the NHL TV package year after year. Haven't missed an Avalanche game in years. Mm. So, like, I, yeah, I'm now in Northeast Pennsylvania. So, nowhere. Okay. I'm, I'm only getting farther from Denver. <laughs> no, yes. Yeah. And you're, you know, really just in a good, good territory here. You know, kind of a, I'm sure just like a mixture here of, uh, Pittsburgh fans and I'm sure some Flyers fans here and whatnot and maybe a little bit like a mixture of them and so I'm sure you coming out here with your avalanche jersey is like who the heck is this guy yeah, <laughs> yeah I I honestly I have two kids and when the Avs won the cup we had a Stanley Cup parade down our street <laughs> that's um, awesome and we have like Flyers fans across the street and they're just like hey I'd do the same and they're just awesome. waving they had That's nothing to awesome. root for last year, so they might as well go with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Flyers are never winning a cup again. So gonna <laughs> <laughs> get that out there. It's it's gonna be you have to ask the question, will it happen in our lifetimes? Uh no. <laughs> um, anything is possible, but they got a long road ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So yep. Well, let's take a quick look back here just to last season here. The Avs were 59-19-7. and seven. I mean, like those are some NHL, like some EA Sports numbers here. 119 points. Of course, bounce the Blues here in the second round in a 4-2 to series. A very, very impressive regular season. Fourth in the NHL with 3.76 goals for per game. I will say that's one spot behind the Blues. That's my only dig I'm going to be able to make here. 2.83 goals against average here per game, which was 10th in the NHL, 7th in the league here with a 24.01% power play, and 15th in the NHL on the PK at 79.66. Very impressive. Three 30-plus goal scorers in Rantanen, McKinnon, and Landis Cog. Four 80-point or more players with, again, Rantanen leading the charge with 92, McKinnon to 88, Kadri 87 and Makar at 86. Let's take a quick look back. Thoughts on last season? Uh, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any other way to describe it. Yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, we said it on our show, you know, going up against Tampa, who was looking for their third in a row, the dynamic of fan bases when you're looking, uh, and the difference of fan bases when you're looking for your third in a row. Uh, compared to your first in 20 plus years mm -hmm. uh, was so different. And for the Avs, it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that they, they it's been 21 years since they won the cup. Uh, for the Avs, it was more recent with this team and getting out of the second round. That was, that's been their, their dig on them. And it's, it wasn't, okay, if you get out of the second round, it's, it's a success. That, that wasn't going to be, okay, like that, that's a plus. We can put a plus on this season. No, it's, you gotta, you gotta win the whole thing. So to get out of that, that rut of, of not being able to get out of the second round and then go on to win it when it's been expected of you for the past three or four seasons that you mm -hmm. should at least compete for a championship. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they hadn't sniffed the, the final to finally get there, I, I think getting there, if they hadn't won it, you could have been like, 
okay, like that was the next logical step. The next logical step was not getting to the conference finals. It was at least getting to the Stanley Cup championship. Mm -hmm. They got there. And then to win it, um, it was just so many things have been happening to this team with injuries and COVID, which, you know, that creeps right. up on, on right. so many teams. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just a, a sense of relief uh, because that's what they have been going for for a handful of seasons and to finally do it um yeah i'll i'm not gonna lie it, it was emotional it yeah. wasn't an emotional moment yeah uh, but very very well deserved yeah it was a finally kind of moment it really was it really was yeah, yeah. and honestly what you want to summarize this season this past season as an avalanche fan it's it's a culmination of everything the Avalanche have been trying to put together for the past couple seasons. Right. Like you mentioned the goal scores and that that's our top line. And for um, after that terrible season, when they put up that series against Nashville and bounced Calgary the year after this is the team. All they had was that top line. And you see the addition of like Kale McCarr and how he contributes to this team. And we just won the Stanley Cup with Darcy Kemper as the goalie. Like, nothing wrong with what? that. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> like, in, in the bubble, they had Hutchinson winning games. They were, it was Grubauer, Francois. Like, they were going through goalies. And the Avalanche, the way they put this team together, it wasn't just one of those, like, nice tip of the cap like Washington Capital runs like finally they did it it's one of those that the Avalanche put this team together in a way that teams are going to start modeling their team after how they're built because it's it's defense wins championships and this defensive core you talk about Nathan McKinnon Miko Gabe Landeskog what this defense was able to do led by Kale McCarr quietly by Taze I feel like this is where the NHL is going to be going in the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be hard to find another Kale McCarr. I think uh, we already got his brother impossible. drafted. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, this may be a sore subject for Blues fans talking about Nazem Kadri, but uh, he's he's gone now, going to Calgary. Uh, just the opinion of losing him among among Avalanche fans. Uh, it's kind of, believe it or not, it's, it's more split down the middle than you would think. I think a, the guy who, you know, put up the numbers that he did, like far and away exceeded anything he's ever done before that. Mm -hmm. Um, you would think that most fans would want him back. And I think I should say this, they, they did want him back, but at the right price and at the right term. And I think if, if he was, if he went to Calgary for 7 million AAV. I think the Avs were in that ballpark. Uh, I don't think they were anywhere near seven years. And I think that was the, the you know, the turning point for them. Um, and because of that, as far as Avs fans go, I think I'll say maybe more, there's a higher percentage that obviously are, are or would want him back, um, but not at that term. So it's a little bit of like, okay, like I, I didn't want to give up that many years, but now you're coming down to production. And what do the Avs have uh, to match his production? Uh, that is a big question. 
And no, the abs that it's a big loss. I, I can't mm-hmm. sit here and spin it in a way like, oh, they'll be okay. And they have these guys who are who could take his place and and they'll be just fine. Sure, they would have loved to have him back, but uh, they have this player, this player, this player that can match his production. They don't. They honestly don't. So um, there's guys that, you know, you throw the potential word around all the time. Sure, they have that, but nothing that's proven. And for a, a Stanley Cup defending team, I'd much rather have somebody that's proven than uh, a guy that, that could potentially break out this year. We don't know that. We genuinely don't know that. So, um, no, they're, they're not as good on the second line. Whoever it may be that takes his spot, whether it's JT Comfer or Alex Newhook, um, and it's like, okay, can they do it? Yeah. Could it be this year? We don't know. Yep. I agree with all that. And especially with what Chris was saying about the term for Nas, um, that's, we're seeing the swan song for, Hey, former St. Louis blue, Eric Johnson. Um, <laughs> that contract was an albatross. We call him the condor, but the contract is a sticking issue, especially when it comes to bringing back players like Nas, um, mm-hmm. that contract, it was a subject conversation. Does Eric Johnson, does he go off into the sunset, uh, walk away and free up $6 million to help put the team back together? And he decided to come back, which is great. That's fine. But the Avalanche were not about to do that again. They walked away from Darcy Kemper that we mentioned um, mm-hmm. over money and term. Um, mm-hmm. So Sackick and McFarland are playing it kind of close to the chest. They know what they want to spend. They know what they need to have going into the trade deadline. So they let Nas walk. It's going to be a tough task, whether it's New Hook or JT Comfer. Uh, you're not, it's going right out of the gate, you're not going to get that same production. Um, Nas had an admittedly inflated year last year. Um, that's what happens when you play in Colorado. Your numbers look great. Um, but will he find that same success in Calgary? I don't know because that's not the. That's yes, not the. <laughs> that is a good deal. I I would like to see if he does like come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I, that's going to be interesting to watch. But asking either JT Comfort or Newhook to do the same is mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit, little bit much. So instead of trying to fill in the role for Nas, the Avalanche need to figure out what they can do and build on that and not waste so much of the first quarter of the season trying to make another Nas. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. And honestly, you know, not to go too far here, you know, down the rabbit hole, it definitely seems like the Avalanche are kind of in the same situation here of sorts, you know, with the the Kadri situation really reminded me a lot of um, Blues fans with David Backus. You know, they Mm -hmm. did not want to be able to give him, you know, they wanted him back. They absolutely wanted him back, but it was at the right term, at the right price, you know, and, and it was just the money that he wanted. The Blues were just not willing to, to, to give up. And it was the same thing. You know, they were totally worried and concerned about here about his production, especially the type of player that he is over the course of his career, and mm-hmm. said, no, we're just not willing to be able to do it here at this point. So, no, that makes complete sense. So, um, you guys mentioned Alex Newhook. He and um, both JT Comfort are guys here that I've got pegged just from the outside looking in that could be huge benefit factors now with Kadri gone. You know, of course, you've got like a guy like um, Lekkanen that could be able to really be able to step up here in, in a very, very big way. 
Um, what do you guys see potentially coming from a guy like Newhook? Uh, they, they have grand plans for Alex Newhook. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like it's a little bit premature to expect him to put up some Kadri-like numbers this year. Uh, and and not even Nazem Kadri numbers of of last year, not you know not in the eighty something range, normal Nazem Kadri numbers, you know like 50, 60 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a little bit premature. I think he I think he's going to be the guy. Um, he's just he's just young. He's so young. And when we have guys like who like Kale McCarr and uh, even Gabe Landeskog and McKinnon, who all performed incredibly at that age. I think we're expecting Alex Newhook to do the same. Um, and he's a different guy, and he's a different kind of player, and I don't think he's there yet. I think eventually he will be. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like this year, going into this year, just gut feeling, unless Alex Newhook takes a, a giant leap forward, I think it's co- or excuse me, I think it's Comfer's job to at least start the season for the the 2c i think it's his to start the season right. but we know what we're getting in jt conference he's been around long enough for mm-hmm. us to know i'm not expecting nazim kadri numbers from him so yeah you can put him in that role and he can hold his own he's he, he can do that uh and just rely on the other two guys on that line to really put up the numbers um but down the road, I think it's Alex Newhook's job. I just think he needs more time. He needs more experience in the NHL. And, and you know, we always say this in the offseason anyway, he was healthy scratch during the, the postseason. So they're mm. not going to go from him being a healthy scratch into him taking that 2C role. Yeah. I, I guess there's always a possibility of that happening. But if if recent events hold true, like there's a reason why they did that. And, you know, we'll see what happens in, in training camp in, in the preseason. But I think that's the way it's going to go right now. It could change. One thing Jared Bednar does is he changes lines all the time. In game, um, you know, game to game. So, no, I don't think if, if JT Comfer starts the season there, he doesn't necessarily, he's not, you know, by the end of October, he could be down on the third line. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And if you look at JT Comfort's production in the playoffs, this is something that Avalanche fans can, you know, get excited about if he continues that same pace and that production. Um, but I agree with Chris. Like, it's it will be new hook this year. I'm not sure. Um, he had to get sent down to the AHL to kind of get that NHL mentality at one mm-hmm. point. So, yeah, he's very young talented but young so i feel like it i agree with chris it's going to be jt's right out of the gate um and then new hook eventually if it's this year if it's next year but he needs more Uh, conditioning i'm still checking daily because i just i still feel like chris mcfarland and joe sackick have something up their sleeve i i I just feel like a trade is coming i don't know for who (laughs) But I feel like something is happening to bring in somebody like they did when they brought in Nazem Kadri to shore up the second line. I feel like something is is still brewing. For them to sit sit pat, stand pat for this long is a little unlike them when they have a glaring need. Uh, so I'm still waiting for something to happen. Well, and we can be able to get into a potential trade 
here in just a little bit here because I got I, I want to be able to actually be able to circle back here to that here myself. But all right, let's uh let's shift gears to the goaltending where, as mentioned earlier, Darcy Kemper did in fact win a Stanley Cup uh, for the Avalanche last season. He goes out to Washington. They bring in Alexander Georgiev. Uh, you got him and Francois. Just the uh, confidence level going into the season with these two. Probably not high, but hey, gotta ask. Questions. Not very. No, for for me, this is where we, Kyle and I. This is where like, you know, we almost came to the virtual blows uh, on some episode <laughs> <laughs> because like, um, I, I'm not, I'm not very confident right now. Obviously, I hope to be proven wrong, and hopefully that changes. Um, living where I live. I'm around a lot of Ranger fans and we even did a crossover with John Chick who hosts Locked On Rangers to kind of get like, wh what are we, what are we going to have with Georgiev? Mm -hmm. Everybody says the same thing. Everybody says like he has like loads of potential and he just needs to play more. Mm -hmm. Like being behind Shesterkin, he's not going to, you know, get into a constant flow of, of being the guy going out there game after game. Yeah. Um, and to me, like, yeah, okay. That, that is real for, for goalies. It's really for any athlete to get into a flow of a game. Um, I don't know that, that for some reason that doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. I'm like, I need, I need, I need more. I need to see like action. I, need, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not there with him yet. Um, he could, th this is like the quintessential in, in, in avalanche land. It's like, you know, in Joe, we trust is like the mantra. The dude has like the Midas touch, like every, every move he's made, save for one. <clears throat> Carl Soderberg, anybody? Um, <laughs> yeah. Or Carl, Soder Carl Soderberg version 2.0, I should say. Uh, that, that didn't go so well. But other than that, like you, you just have to trust the guy. That's where my mind is right now. I'm not mm -hmm. set on them. Francois, love that guy. Love him. Mm -hmm. Like he, he has been a fantastic backup and there is an argument that there's going to be a you know a quarterback controversy in and training camp between the two of them you listen to joe sakic he says not so much it's going to be georgiev uh but you francis well, is going to play francis has a career 921 save percentage he's been great he's yeah been great but that's as a backup that is as yep. a backup but there have been moments where he's needed to take over We've had an injured goalie here and there, and he's needed to be the guy, and he stepped up. So um, I, <laughs> this is a bad thing to say. I have more confidence in him than Georgiev right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we'll, we shall see. But I, I am putting my faith in Joe, and if I'm wrong, no problem saying I am wrong and putting my complete faith in him. Yeah, it's two backups. Eventually, one of them are going to be a starter. Which is great. We're not, and it's honestly, no. we're not asking them to do too much. Yeah. Just you, honestly, that defense in front of you, you, you're not having to go out there and Carter Hart your way through the, the season. Like, just get out there and block. The Avalanche are really good at limiting you to at least 20 shots. I mean, mm -hmm. stop 19. We got the rest. So it doesn't take that much to get a hot hand. If it's Yorgiev, I hope it's Pavel Francouz. I've been a Frankie yeah, fan yeah. since for a long time. He's he got the backup job to Grubauer. 
He went behind Darcy Kemper. I was hoping this was his chance to start. Mm-hmm. And again, he is the bridesmaid, never the bride. But I feel like this could be his chance to take this Avalanche team if he wants it. If he wants to be yeah. a backup forever, <laughs> this is this is the chance to do it, kid. <laughs> I think, I think Joe Sackick just had the mindset like they, they had that mindset last year. Like Kyle said, like the defense is is great. So if we can just get like a serviceable goalie, I think they went above that getting Darcy Kemper and then they win the Stanley Cup. So I think Joe Sackett might have the mindset like we can go down a peg even <laughs> and, and get a, and get a backup. And, and like I'm not there. Man. I, I am just not there. I just feel like if you are defending a Stanley Cup, you want the goalie situation not a question and it is right now there's no doubt about it hey and that's the same way honestly that it is right now here in uh in st louis you know of course mm-hmm. you know we went out and uh still maintained our position here with jordan bennington he looked great at the end of this of the season and into the playoffs the regular season was not so much Huso here you know he goes out and um totally totally get it you know and then the same thing here just goes um with Charlie Lindgren or Charlie, Charlie Sideburns, depending on, you know, how you want to classify him here as. Um, and then, of course, they bring in uh, Thomas Grice. Mm-hmm. Thomas Grice. <laughs> For whatever I, reason. I, I, That's a bad uh, one. That's yeah, a bad everybody's one. favorite. Yeah. My poster's over there of Thomas <laughs> Grice. It's, it's off camera. I yeah, wanted so, Usa. I, wa- I wanted uh, who's I, I really, If they had yeah, gotten him, yeah. I, I, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Yeah, Absolutely. so I, I can't say I blame you guys. I mean, I would probably rather be in your position here right now of, okay, we we have two pretty good backup goaltenders, pretty decent. Let's see what happens, as opposed to um, we've got this bet that uh, we don't know what we're going to get out of, and we have this aging vet that we have no confidence in whatsoever. Mm. So, And then the alternative is a 22-year-old who's played two games. So, yeah. I don't know. I okay. they're they're gonna have to do something about it, and uh, we'll see if they do. All right. So I got one more question here for you guys, at least as far as the offense here goes, or at least you know the forwards here per se. So the Avs won the big Ben Myers sweepstakes this past season. Whether or not you classify them as a big sweepstakes, I don't know. The NHL makes it out to be this whole big deal. Mm-hmm. I personally really wanted him to be able to come to St. Louis. I think he just, I mean, just read as a gritty St. Louis Blues, blue-collar type player. I'm really interested to be able to see here with him. Um, here like in the NHL. So he comes in, joins the Avalanche, scores a goal in his first game in the NHL against the Carolina Hurricanes. Has not played much. Mm-hmm. Not much here at all. So I just wanted to see, do you guys know much about him here at this point? What should fans be able to really know? Do you like what you've seen with him? Not liked, you know, let's let's talk Ben Myers here just real fast. Uh, I mean, as far as <clears throat> what you've seen in college, yeah, you love that. Yes. Um, for... For the Avs, I think he only got in like five games. It was yes. right at the end of the season. Yep. Um, was not eligible to play in the postseason. So we knew that wasn't going to happen. So it was a, a small sample size. And yeah, like that, his goal was, I mean, it wasn't Kale McCarr-like because McCarr's was in the playoffs. Uh, that, that was epic, his first ever goal. Um, but still, like that was a great moment. And it was, I think, I mean, even backing up to when the Avs got him, 
we weren't hearing a lot about that. Like the abs really wanting, I think they were just in on him because why not? Mm-hmm. You have free reign at him. He, he can go right. anywhere he wants to go. Why would you right. not try to do that? Right. And I don't, I don't, I think I was maybe anticipating him staying in Minnesota, going to the wild or somewhere mm-hmm. in that vicinity. Um, and I think this just speaks to what the abs are building. I think that was, uh, he was impressionable when it came to that. So he could be this guy that that sneaks in there this year and is maybe centering a fourth line for the Avs. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his ceiling is is through the roof. I, I, I think he. We have all these guys that everybody focuses on, um, and it, his time is just so early right now that not a lot of people are expecting him to do a ton. Uh, but I think he could he could surprise some people. As the season goes on, don't expect much from him early on because he's he's green. Like he hasn't he hasn't done anything yet. But once he just gets comfortable and he knows what his role is, um, I think you're just going to see him improve as the season goes on. And where he can help them is one place that they've really struggled: faceoffs. He's really mm-hmm. good at faceoffs, and the Avs have been notorious notoriously terrible at faceoffs. They're going to miss that, among other things, with Nazem Kadri being gone now. Uh, so I think you'll see a, a heavier workload thrown on him if, if he can handle it as the season goes on. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that you're excited about. He's got a great motor, plays the 200-foot game, you know, to use that term. Um, and that's what the Avs love in their forwards. Yeah, definitely do not say my Ben Myers looks like a St. Louis blue. Get that out of your mouth. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> You know, you were very excited to see him come to Colorado. And, of course, you love to see first game, first goal, like, lovely stuff. But Mm -hmm. five games is not a big enough sample size. And I'm glad it was just five. Like, you you talked about it. Like, he's a gritty, grindy player. You'd hate to see him get lost in the shuffle in the NHL. You need a little bit of AHL. You need to get seasoned. And you're going to be looking for Ben Myers in training camp. Um, and I want, I would love to see him later again, third quarter of the season. I don't want him right out of the gate learning as he goes in the NHL. You see that it doesn't work for everyone. Everyone's mm-hmm. not Kale McCarr. So if he needs some time to get seasoned, because you know, like I agree with Chris, his potential's through the roof. You You don't want to waste that because of you saw he had a goal in his first game. Let's ride this and see where it goes. Give him some time. He's he needs the experience. He and the Colorado Eagles is a great place to learn. There's mm-hmm. a lot of veterans on that team that he can learn from about the NHL game. You don't want to waste that talent. I will say this though: I think it, getting those five games in um, is huge. Not just to see, you know, it didn't matter how many points he scored or anything like that. If he didn't play at all, he has all of this time to just be in his own head about what it's like to be on NHL ice. That's out of the way now. He's mm-hmm. done it. So now he can go in and focus on, okay, I know what to expect in an NHL game. I don't have to – I'm not going to be a deer in headlights uh, in game one. I've played five games. So I think it was very important for them to – and things were set for them, you know, for to heading into the playoffs. They could put him out there and just get experience. That's all it was for. And I think you're going to see him be a little bit more confident and not just be, like, nervous to get out and play his first game. There's going to be some nerves. There's nerves for everybody. 
but right. um, not as much as they would be that if he didn't play at all and he's just wondering what it's like ever since he signed with them, uh, I think it was very imperative for them to do that. So you guys think we could potentially see him starting the season off in the AHL? And would you prefer to see him start off in the AHL? Uh, I, I, well, I mean, if, if, he, if he earns the spot, then sure. I want to see how he's performing in, in the preseason. But there's guys, his college, uh, not roommate, teammate, and Sample Ranta. He's a guy that started uh, with the Avs. <laughs> I was all excited for and him. And <laughs> then, you know, he, he – same thing the year prior. His first game was in the playoffs against Vegas. That mm. was his first game ever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, coming into the following season, a lot more was expected of him. He did make the opening roster, stayed there for a few games, went down to AHL, never came back. So we're, we want to see what, what he has to bring for uh, preseason. So there's there's just a lot of, of names that could be filling in these holes. He just might be an odd man out. So I don't think it would be against like not that, that he's not playing well. It's just there's so many good prospects that they have that are ready to take an opportunity. He would be doing it a lot earlier than expected. It's possible, though. It's definitely possible. Yeah, I don't see him living in Loveland for two or three years and you see the the Eagles put out their roster. You're like, oh, yeah, Ben Myers. I wonder whatever happened to him. No, mm-hmm. it's he's down there for a reason. He. And with the center position the way it is right now, with the absence of Nas, like we talked about, this would be a perfect opportunity to get in there in that training camp and make a name for yourself. If you don't, now you have that little chip on your shoulder. You know that spot's there. Work on it. Mm. Like, I would like, if he starts the season in the AHL, this is not a, oh, goodness, what is going on with Ben Myers moment. He needs the time. So there's there's no wrong answer with how they handle Ben Myers. Unless he's sitting at two C, that's a that's a that's a huge jump. So if he makes the roster as a four C, that's interesting. I don't know if he rides the entire season that way, but he does need to spend some time in Loveland. Well, a quick aside here: my go-to hotel staying in Colorado is in Loveland, so it's it's a nice place. I will say. There you go. Um, but shifting over to the defensive unit, which we did talk about Eric Johnson earlier, and the question. Really is just thoughts on this probably being his last uh, his last hoorah. Uh, Thirty four mm. years old, last year of his contract, six million dollars, which is uh, quite hefty. Yeah. Uh, just overall thoughts on on him and that. Uh, you, you threw around the the whole thing, like because he won it and he finally won it, would he retire and kind of you know sail off into the sunset? Uh, but you know something I brought up on our show was. Guys that take this long to finally win a championship, uh, they you know they never experienced it. They've also never experienced defending that championship. Mm-hmm. So first, I was like, yeah, you know, you never know. Maybe they do. They they will retire guys like that. And then when he he said relatively quickly that he was coming back, it wasn't like oh, I need a couple of weeks. I think the first time he was asked, he was like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely coming back. So I think it's because of that. I think he wants to defend a championship. Six million dollars helps. Um, and I I don't know. I, I wouldn't like you said, he's only 34 years old. I mean, he's at the end of the season. I think he might be it'll be this is his birthday March, during the year. March, I think he's turning he'll 35. Be 35. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's even done after that. Um, I, maybe in Colorado he could be done. Um, and then that would be up to him. Like, do I do I want to go play for another franchise? Uh, you know, 
you could say yes, you could say no, depending on what he's going to bring in money-wise. It's not going to be anywhere near $6 million a year. So, uh, but no, if it is his last year, period, or if it's his last year in Colorado, he's he's one of the all-time fan favorites. Yeah, when it came down to on the show when we were talking about the most deserving, who gets the cup right after the captain? Mm -hmm. Eric Johnson's name was, it was right up there. Um, he's become one of those fan favorites where you were cheering for him to put this season together, like injury wise, like stay healthy. You wanted to see him raise the cup. And I mentioned earlier, he's a former blue. It's he's Mr. Cup Avalanche. Cup yeah, he's, he's Mr. <laughs> Avalanche. He, it's one of those that you go back and look, you're like, oh, I thought he was an avalanche this whole time. Like that's mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's made that kind of legacy here in Colorado. And when you see how he's reacted carrying the cup and always boosting the team. Like there, there's not really anything negative you could say about his time in Colorado. He has become Mr. Avalanche and a huge fan favorite. Yeah. No. And that, that makes sense. I mean, everybody in St. Louis always really loved him, not necessarily like his whole off ice antics and, and whatnot. I mean, but you know, that's a guy who's, what the time he was like 19, 20, you know, I mean, he was right. super, super young at that point. And sometimes you just can really hit the reset button. I mean, not to be able to go back a long time, but shoot, I mean, it was a long time ago, you know, that Brett Hall needed a reset. Now, yeah, I mean, he, he was still putting point. up all the points, but he needed a reset. You know, was parting way too much and moved to St. Louis. And I mean, he just got that reset. And exactly, Blues are the big benefit factors for that. I mean, never getting the cup with him, but, you know, that was a huge thing here. So true. Um, Sam Gerard, let's touch base Man. here with him really fast because I I love Sam Gerard. I think he's a fantastic forward, but as we have heard a couple different times here, the salary cap is a huge thing, and it will be an even bigger factor here next season. Here with um, Landis, not Landis, um, McKinnon's McKinnon. contract here coming up. But now we've also kind of started to seeing this logjam here on the back end. So could Boram Byram be a big purpose, purpose uh, just a, a huge benefactor to push a guy like Gerard out and using Gerard as a member and, and a key piece to try and increase and reinforce the, the center position? If you, there's struggles here in goaltending, we'll to increase goaltending. Kyle, you are like chomping at the bit <laughs> to go right now. So go I want you to be able to say here first. <laughs> oh, Mike. See, that's why you're a Blues fan, because you said you like Sam Gerrard. You'd make a yeah. terrible Avalanche fan. <laughs> oh, come on. You'd make a great that's, Avalanche fan. I like what but, I've seen out of him. I don't watch him very much. Awesome. So in the stuff I have seen, I like. I, there's nothing like I, I love Sammy G and what he brings, but when it comes to the odd man out, when we were trying to bring back Nas, who are we going to trade away to make some cap room? Sammy G. Mm -hmm. You go down that roster, you got to find... I mean, yes, last year was easily his worst year that he's had, but he has so much potential. He's... I mean, I love... When he's fully healthy and playing Sammy G hockey, I, I love what he does on the ice. So um, for him to be pushed out... Um, there is a loud contingency of the fan base that would love that and mm -hmm. to give other players on the on the avalanche a chance to 
take that position. But I I personally love Sammy G, and I don't kind of want him to go anywhere. Not going to happen. He, <laughs> he's not getting traded. And I think from what you heard, um, yeah, they were going to have to move money around. There was just no way around it if they wanted to keep Nazem Kadri. And the two names that kept going, thrown out there were JT Comfort and mm-hmm. Sam Girard. And I think that was a big reason why they did not sign Nazem Kadri because they're not interested in doing that. They're not. I don't know if they were interested in, in trading JT Comfort. Pretty confident they are, they were not interested in trading Sam Girard. They they really love him and they they like his game. He had a down year. There's no way around that. Like he didn't perform all that great. He had some moments, but I think for the most part this will probably be the worst season that he's ever had. Um, And that's even saying like, it wasn't atrocious, uh, but people were jumping off of the Sammy G bandwagon so quick. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me why they would do that. Yeah. If you want to say like, guy's not playing well, say that to want to get rid of him, all of that, you know, the, the whole trading Sammy G is coming from Twitter and people who do podcasts. I don't think the people in in the front office really had any desire to move him. Um, And so like, it's, you know, it's the insatiable need of fans and what have you done for me lately? Because the previous year, and I bring this up all the time because you can't forget it. In in the year before last, Kale McCarr was injured for a while. Sam Gerard took over, Mm -hmm. took over that, that avalanche defense. He was an alternate captain uh, for a lot of those games. He was, and I remember reading on the score on Yahoo on the score. They, they at that point in time, they had ranked who was uh, the the Norris like the top five. He was number one. Oh man! Like, and, and we just forget all that stuff because yeah. he's playing bad. And then he, yeah, he had an, an off year. And then what happened in like March or early April? He he has surgery done. Yeah, that ended the you know he came back in the playoffs and then got hurt in the playoffs. Uh, but w- was he playing injured all? So you're trying to like force through it. There's a possibility there. I think people were way too quick to to want to give up on Sam Gerrard, and that's a stupid thing to do because he's a really good player. Nope, well, I completely agree. Continuing with the defensive unit, just like I guess the floor and ceiling of Makar, and why is it like 80 point floor, 120 point ceiling? I feel like that's <laughs> probably about right, wouldn't you think? Ooh. What do you think, Kyle? You can't honestly say that's out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's on the show, me and Chris, we always, when we are talking about Kale McCarr, we reference him as a positionless player. He could be a forward, sure. he could play defense, and he could play both well. You put him in pads, he would be a really good goalie. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. our he's our backup goalie to Yorgiev and Fransos. But like Kale McCarr. You throw him a two pad stack. And- oh, yeah, <laughs> easy. And what it what it is, and a point I bring up all the time, you know Kale McCarr and the level of his talent when it's not compared to his peers, like he's not compared to Roman Yossi, it's always compared to legends of the past and Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. It's you never hear about how he does things like no, it's always comparing them to legendary players because Kale McCarr is generational. He's not just good, he's generational. Right. 
I'll say this, like last year obviously was his, his coming out party and really, you know, became a household name. Um, let's see what he can follow it up with. You know, now, now people know him. He's, he's not going to, you know, coming up and, and know who's this guy anymore. Uh, now people are, are game planning for him. So uh, how does he respond to that? I think, you know, he's, he's going to get his, you know what I mean? He, he's that talented. Um, I've never seen a guy skate like him. Like it, it's just so effortless, but so powerful. And I keep saying like, I don't think he has ankles the way that he can get so low on his blades and, and not just lose it and yeah. just skid out. I don't know how he does it. Um, but he just makes it look so simple. And that's what annoys me because like, it's so difficult for everybody else. Uh, and he just, he, he makes it look like he's been doing it for, you know, since he was like two years old because he probably has, right. Uh, he's fun to watch. He's exciting. I say all the time. Um, I've kind of given up having like, quote unquote, like favorite players just because like, look, Nazem Kadri, like Kyle, Kyle is a huge Nazem Kadri fan. Uh, people move on. There's very little loyalty in sports anymore. So I'm a fan of a team and I root for the players on the team. Um, Kale McCarr is as close to a favorite player as, as I can have because he's so fun to watch. And it's just like, what's he going to do next? He's, he's awesome. That makes sense. Yep. I love him. Okay. <laughs> two really quick yes, no's. And I want to yeah. be able to just real quick. All right. Do the abs win the central? Yes. Yes, but it's not going to be easy. I just think that. Okay. Do the abs win the Stanley Cup? <sighs> I can only say one word on that, man. Uh, yep. Yes. <laughs> I got it. Like, to be brutally honest, I don't think they do. I don't think they're as good as last year. I think they could make a run for it, but I don't think they do. Okay. So for the sake of time here, really fast. So, Chris, what prevents them? Uh, depth. I don't think they're as deep as they were last year. And the goaltending, it's a huge question mark. If they can get, you know, uh, good, good goaltending, yep. there's a possibility. And if the depth works out, Sure. There's that, those two things. And those are like, you know, you have to go on your question marks and those are the question marks for the abs. Um, we'll see. I mean, they have, they have superstars. Those superstars are going to perform. Are, mm -hmm. are they enough to carry them all the way through? You need everybody on, on a team to do it, not just the superstars. Um, and I think it's going to be a struggle for the abs. Makes sense. Kyle. The West is not the issue. The East will be the issue for Anybody in the Stanley Cup, the East is starting to scare me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting real loaded up with talent. And I've said for the longest time, and it, it may be a very, very unbiased opinion. I, I don't know what you were able to say. The West has always been the gritty, grinded out, heavy hitting, heavy checking kind of league where then you look at the East and it's been very fast and skill and finesse and right. it seems like that it's kind of doing a good job of just blending itself back together here at this yeah. point and it seems a lot of skilled players are still heading towards the east but there's still the division of death going straight down the central and it, it almost seems like all roads lead through the central division <laughs> so yeah it'll be I, 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 you know as far as the division goes it's I, st st louis is going to be right there if you ask me 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the ads are going to run away with that. And I think it's going to be right up until the final week. Um, and then once you get in the playoffs, you, you never know. But it's just so hard to win it once. Uh, to win it twice is just that much more difficult. I mean, the Avs have it in their back pocket, so they always can say, hey, we've done it. We can do it again. Mm-hmm. But it's just so difficult to do. And and if everybody was back, if Kadri was back, I think he's that much of, of a difference maker. If Kadri was back, I probably would be leaning towards, yeah, they have as much of a chance to, to repeat. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's not there and they haven't really replaced it, I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very difficult. There's that personality factor that Kadri also brings. You know, and sure. it was the same thing like when the Blues won the Cup that they had Maroon. You know, there was that in-your-face mm. X factor that he brought that helped the Blues say, okay, yeah, we've got this. Mm-hmm. We've got it. So, and I think, you know, Kadri does the same thing, you know, whether it is, you know, chirping a little bit, whether it's just going hard to the net. And I mean, not literal, do be able to bring up, you know, oh, man. between Blues, between oh, Blues fans boy. and Avs fans. Uh, hey, I still said it, and we've said it here on the podcast, yeah. I think it was a clean play. Yeah. I, we thought it was a clean play, and there was no hard opinions. Facts, so, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe Kelly kind of, Rosen did that. That was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a hard subject to take a stance on from our side yeah. of things, but uh, we have gone one way over the other. Real quick, uh, yeah. my final thing: Who else do you view as a major threat in the Central Division? And then, I guess we look at the other side with the Pacific. Like, who else do you view as a major threat to the Avalanche? Uh, in the Central, uh, we did this the other day. We kind of like went down the Central. Um, I, I like what Nashville's done doing. Like, I think they can surprise some people. Boo. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, but I, I do. I think it's it's the Avs and the Blues, and then you would think like uh, I think a lot of people want just want to throw Minnesota in the third spot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I think the odds are maybe higher than not that they would, but um, I don't know. I, I think. I think Nashville is a pretty good team. And when you have a, a great goalie, you're always in it. Yeah. Oh, and then think- in the Pacific. Uh, sorry. Uh, Edmonton. Yeah. Pacific is rough, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Edmonton's the kind of the Calgary. Class. Calgary is one of those teams. You really don't know what you're going to get. Their top six is really good. I think people probably aren't going to talk about how good their top six is. Losing Gaudreau and Kachuk, you have a general manager there in tree living who's got to make these types of moves. That's why you give Kadri seven years to get that deal done. That's why you probably yeah. overpay Huberto. But, I mean, Vegas, well, too, is another team. I don't know what they're going to be. Oh, uh, don't talk. I, I can't stand Vegas. I mean, I Vegas, cannot stand the Vegas. way that they manage that team is absurd. <laughs> and everybody Horrible. knows that. Yeah. And Calgary, like, yeah, I think Calgary is a good team, but – a lot of new faces there. We don't know if it's going to mesh well together. So we, we think that it will. It might take a little while to get going, but yeah, I think Calgary will be fine. Yeah. So Calgary, Edmonton, and then everybody else. Out of the central, it's going to be as and blues. We're going to, we're going to hate each other by the end of the year. Let's <laughs> get used to it. Um, but the, yeah, there's going to be kind of a drop off after that. It's going to be Avs, blues. And I don't, I'm not sold on the wild yet. And I, I view Nashville and Minnesota the same way. So jumble those two, Avs and Blues. Uh, I think that's what's going to be in the Central. Pacific, I, I was hearing everybody's conversations about the Pacific. I am starting to believe in this Ducks team. Um, 
I, I'm starting to believe oh, that they're gonna... no, 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 don't, nope, not him, <laughs> not him, not him. Yeah, okay, that has nothing to do with him. Um, there's a reason Klimberg went over there. They're selling something that people are buying into. They're selling I, money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this Ducks team is going to, everybody's going to view them as the Ducks, and they're going to go in there and break hearts this year. They were doing that a little bit last year, and I feel like they could make some noise. I, I've not sold on Calgary yet because that's that's still a team of a lot of ego with a coach that is born and bred in ego. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, Edmonton, we know what that team is, and nothing has changed. Mm. So um, expect the same result. That's the definition of insanity. So Edmonton's Edmonton. Calgary, I don't know if that team looks the same come trade deadline. Um, look out for the Ducks. No. That's fair. Uh, the question I've been throwing around in the Central does Chicago finish lower than Arizona? Yeah, I mean, I think they could. <laughs> that, that Chicago team is going to be historically I, bad. I think. I think they could. I think. I think Arizona just nothing is expected of them. They can sure. go out in a five thousand five thousand seat arena and just play loose uh, and win some games. Chicago and in, in hard you play for Chicago, hard you're always under pressure. Yeah, uh, I, and I think it could happen. Arizona has like a, a bit of a roster where at least they're somewhat hard to play against. Like they have a little bit of sandpaper on the bottom six. They got a Cassian in there. They got a bunch of terrible contracts for guys who can't really play anymore, but they could like mm-hmm. act like they're hard to play against, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty disastrous at the bottom of the central. I also wonder what Dallas is like. I, yeah, I don't, I, think, I can't figure them out. Cause Ottinger, <laughs> Ottinger is like, you're He's really awesome. asking a lot of a goaltender with him. And that's like kind of yeah. what the ducks have been doing with Gibson for a lot of years. And Dallas is probably a team that could finish third. They could probably finish, you know, third to last because nobody's going to be worse than, yeah. than Arizona or Chicago. But uh, Dallas is is kind of the same team every year. So what do you think? And then the big names with Chicago uh, come trade deadline are going to be Kane and Taves. Mm-hmm. You guys in the mix for them? I, I got to think that the Rangers are going to make a huge play for Patrick hmm. Kane this season. I got I, There's got to okay. be somebody that's going to do that. And I feel like they're... A good team to do that. He's from Buffalo. I know that's not really close to Manhattan, but you know, general vicinity. He's not going right. to Buffalo, I wouldn't think. But uh, I, I just don't know. want him to go to Edmonton. I, I would want it just for Ooh. the chaos that Ooh. it would cause. It's just because are they are they a team getting thrown around? They are. Oh wow! They are. Vander Kane and Patrick Kane <laughs> on the same line with Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah, that would. Ooh. Yeah, nobody yep. will see that. Yeah, I loved playing NHL 2K6, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Guys, uh, I just want to thank you guys here so, so much for being able to come on. It's great being able to connect here with you both. Um, again, tell the fans, you know, where can they be able to find you guys? Um, you know, Twitter, you guys have the Locked On Network. You know, let's mm-hmm. just, um, you know, share where you guys here are at just one more time. Uh, you follow the show on uh, Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, um, and our, our YouTube channel as well. Just search uh, Locked On Avalanche and subscribe to that. And Kyle has his own Twitter handle, which is right behind him on that jersey. Oh, it, yeah, it, it sure is. <laughs> at Shaggy Von Doom. That's his Twitter. Shaggy Von Doom. I'm <laughs> staring at that. I'm like, 
Shaggy. <laughs> couldn't make up that last little bit here of it. There so it is. Very, very good. Very good. So, guys, I'm looking forward here to the regular season. We'll be up to uh, to connect up here again before, Definitely. after, you know, whenever here throughout the season, just kind of check in on each other. And, um, you know, if there's some some tough injuries, you know, maybe be able to console one another. <laughs> if, if it's the avalanche, injuries are going to happen. So, yes, yeah, yep, to it. absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, guys, thank you so much here for being able to come on. Great to be able to connect with you guys. Anytime. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.